welcome back to State of Mind with me, Grace Kingswell. Today's episode is on the topic of reflexology for fertility and pregnancy. And my guest is Karen Hooten, reflexologist, nutritional therapist, and homeopath. I met Karen because we're both currently doing Sandra Greenbank's fertility nutrition training. And Karen always has so much to add of value to our weekly calls that I just had to get her on the podcast. In this episode, we cover how you might use reflexology as an adjunct to your fertility journey, when to have sessions if you're trying to conceive or already pregnant, whether it brings on labour, as many people say, but also how it works, i.e. it's based around the meridian systems that correlate with traditional Chinese medicine, I think. Due to Karen's all-round knowledge in so many areas, we also discuss other factors that might be influencing fertility as well. It's a great listen and I hope you enjoy it. Find Karen on Instagram at Moonbeam Therapies. And as ever, if you enjoy the episode, please remember to leave a review. Okay, let's get into it. Wonderful. And I am live with Karen. Karen, how are you today? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm good, thank you. Um, it's lovely to be here. Amazing. So today we're going to be talking about using reflexology for fertility, but I'm sure we'll also um, end up talking a little bit about reflexology during pregnancy as well, um, because I'm sure there'll be a bit of a crossover. So to begin with, I'd love for you to tell listeners who you are and what you do, because I know you through our fertility nutrition mentoring group, and I know you also give massages and you um, you give us, all us ladies, homeopathic advice as well. So you're clearly a reflexologist, but with many other skills. Yeah, thanks. Um, so my name's Karen Hooten and I live out just outside Edinburgh in a lovely little place um, in Midlothian. Um, so I get uh, the countryside with the city not far away. Um, I've been a therapist for 28 years uh, and before that, and I still hold registration, I'm a sick children's uh, nurse and my registration is uh concurrent with my homeopathic practice. Um, I'm quite unique. Um, I hold a unique set of qualifications. As far as I know, I am the only one in the world uh, that has these qualifications because there wasn't many people doing our homeopathic course. So I am an aromatherapist of 28 years of experience, reflexologist of 25 years of experience, a nutritional therapist of uh, 11 years, and I've just celebrated my 20 years of, of being a homeopath. Um, so I run my own business, Moonbeam Therapies, uh, from home, which I absolutely love doing. And I, I am a specialist, holistic practitioner for both fertility and pregnancy. And of course, beyond, because I don't just stop at fertility or pregnancy. Yeah. We go on. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. What a list of qualifications. So... Oh, where to start, really? I mean, we could we could talk about a number of those things. We don't have to um, be specific to, to reflexology, but that was our plan. So let's start there um, and talk a little bit about what exactly is the, the, the practice of reflexology. Um, for those that have, I'm sure most people listening know what it is or they've even had some reflexology before, but how does it work? What does it do? Okay, so reflexology points are found on the feet the hands, the face and the ears. And if you look closely at an ear, it actually looks like an upside down fetus. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you, you know, acupuncturists will use um, the ear sometimes and sp- specific um, acupressure points and acupuncture points on the ear. We can also translate for reflexology as well. So it's it's reflexology is an ancient art. Um, again, comes across well from uh, Eastern medicine, where of course they always said, "Oh, we'll keep someone well." It wasn't like we have today where uh, we mend people when they're ill. We keep someone well. So I quite like that. I like the fact that I'm keeping people well. And some of my clients I've had for hmm, 20, 25 years, they just keep coming back. It's great because I get them through their stressful times. Um, so what does it do? It works, especially the feet really is the place where it's mapped out. The body is mapped out the best on the feet. So your toes are your head. Your um, pad of your foot goes from your chest and then into the middle where your middle gubbings are, your liver, your kidneys and everything in your bowel. And then you've got your pelvis area. And we've got uh, reproductive areas. We've got the brain and everything like that. And we're working on nerve points and some of the... uh, the meridians as well start and finish in the feet so the real combination of things that we're moving uh, and working on so quite a crossover with um traditional chinese medicine then with with the use of the meridians yes um yes fantastic absolutely um and the biggest thing of course it does is de-stress people as well Mm. and as we know a lot of conditions are caused by stress yeah, I used to fall asleep when my mum, my mum trained as a reflexologist. And then after she qualified, I hope she won't mind me saying this, after she qualified, and I was mainly just her guinea pig, she realised that she didn't like touching other people's feet. So ah, she gave it up. That is a bit but of a I problem. Was, <laughs> but I was really sad because I was loving these um, treatments that she was giving me and I would fall asleep in them. And there were some points that I found really excruciating, which did correspond to ish- health issues that I was having. Um, and I actually trained in auricular acupuncture maybe about two years, just over two years ago now. Um, but again, just maybe like mother, like daughter, I haven't really kept it up um, with the pandemic and everything. Sort of something you need to do in person. Um, but it, it's, I think the it's so important that you've mentioned relaxation there because like you say, you're not actually necessarily always treating to cure something like an acute illness. You're keeping people well, seeing them regularly and and using it as one of their many tools to kind of find calm and balance. And yeah, stress is a, a huge issue within our society, isn't it? It is. And, it, and it's putting that body back into nice, nice medical word here, homeostasis where things work well. Um, it's very safe as well. So, you know, you can use it from a baby right through pregnancy, fertility work, right through to any age group. Mm. You just adjust your pressure and your times. Um, you know, it, it's so user-friendly. Um, and we've got out the way, especially with the pandemic, we've got out the way of that human touch. But it's a positive touch um, and that and very calming. Mm. And I think we still we need that really much in this world where everything is 
very stressful and very busy again. Yeah, definitely. And how, um, so if you were working with a client who was trying to conceive or had struggled to conceive or had was going through an assisted fertility cycle, for example, what would you be, what would the, you know, how would you be using reflexology to support that? Would it just be on this level of let's de-stress this person because trying to conceive is an intensely stressful thing to do and the more it doesn't work, the more stressed we get and it's a horrible self-perpetuating loop? Or are there specific meridian, specific places on the foot that you'd be working on to kind of, I don't know, improve blood flow to the ovaries, for example? Yes. Yeah, so all of us that have taken extra training um, in fertility work um, are, first of all, fully qualified reflexologists and had many years of practice. And um, we've gone on and trained with a lady called Barbara Scott, who does uh, reproductive reflexology or repro reflexology. And she found that if she used certain protocols on uh people's feet both male and female because you know fertility doesn't just affect uh the female affects the male as well and in fact we know more and more that the male um is a huge part you know it's that 50 50 um that we we can treat the males with them certain protocols as well and barbara found that if she used these protocols of on certain parts of the feet then it did help bring back the cycle into regulation. Mm-hmm. If, say, someone's got PCOS, uh, polycystic ovaries or polycystic ovary syndrome, that we can get the cycle back, we can get people ovulating, um, we can help bring on bleeds when they're meant to be, all sorts of things she was finding out. So she wrote these protocols up and then trained uh, a, lo- a lot of people to do it, to do it, because obviously one person can't do everything. Um, and we were also taught that um, how to read test results and also um, how to read charts. So hormonal ch- blood, um, basal temperature charting. So we can see what a cycle is doing as well. Um, and to see what effect the reflexology is having on there. Where are we using? We're using the reproductive areas on the feet and also uh, working with the endocrine system as well. But we're also, as per any of a, a holistic therapy, you're also balancing the rest of the body because everywhere has an effect on that reproductive system. Mm. Yeah, totally. That, that fourth vital sign of the body. Yeah. And what would it look like for the male partner then? The male partner, again, will work on their testes, the vas deferens, um, and uh, their endocrine system as well, as well as often the men have hidden stresses. You know, um, maybe they don't want to own up that their work is stressful. Mm. Um, and they're hiding it they don't want to seem that they are stressed because they're seeing their partner go through enough stress they don't want to voice it so the other side of the reflexology is I offer a safe space for somebody to talk Mm. to rant non-judgmental a period where 
they can say what they want and no one's going to judge them. Yeah. And that is immense for some people. Mm. They've never been able to speak about the whole journey or had someone listen to how their journey has affected them, whether that be female or male. Yeah. I see that a lot in nutritional therapy as well. And actually, I think something I'm looking at doing in the future is some sort of therapy qualification because so much of what I end up doing is just listening to people and talking through you know what's been happening in their life um you know I had a client recently that's been through a breakup and it was it's just been so tumultuous for that person obviously that's going to affect their physical health and their symptoms um and sometimes when we run hormone testing or you do a you know say you run a dutch test and actually all the hormones are fine but it's the adrenal picture and the cortisol the stress that is just way out of of whack and when that happens, you have to really be talking to someone about their lifestyle and what are they doing on a daily basis? Where are they finding joy? Are they happy? And that can really spark off a lot of emotions for people because, you know, our conventional Western model of healthcare is that we go to someone, um, our GP, our, our um, you know, primary care um, provider, and we have 10 minutes with them, 15 maximum. And if it is that emotional side of things, there's no way that that's going to unravel within that space of time. And you, you don't feel that heard and you don't feel that held. So it's, I think it is really important that people seek out these alternative therapies more and more. It is. Um, and um, I've, I've worked with people that have had losses, stillbirths and miscarriages. And, you know, when I, I, I don't just do reflexology, I put them together so that the homeopathy, the nutritional therapy and the reflexology goes together, mainly because if you're going to three different people, you've got to tell your story three times. Yeah. Now, that is really can be really harrowing if you've had losses mm. um, and you don't want to keep repeating because each time you repeat, that's another level of trauma that mm. you've got mm. that you that someone's having to go through. So. I'm almost like that one-stop shop. Come and speak to me. We'll do the whole package. Yeah. And let's put that that whole TLC together and give you that safe space, a little bit of coaching um, as well, and um, a little bit of counselling in there as well to get people through and feel supported. Mm. So I'm really interesting how that works then between those three modalities. You know, say you were working with someone, what, where do you go first? What, what, what sort of do you do first? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's a process. It's always a process. So it depends what they come for. And I'm still working on that because it's easy for me to say, yes, I'm going to combine them all. In practice, it's been a lot harder. Mm. So, um, you know, the reflexology is that de-stressing and, and giving themselves permission to take an hour, hour and a half out of their busy lifestyle because, well, we don't. Yeah. Everything has to be done. When do we stop doing that? And it's having that permission to stop, that permission to be talking mm -hmm. about themselves, to be listened to. And then depending on, I do a very thorough consultation um, I'm also looking at, right, okay, where can we put, what do we need to change? What do we need to add in? Can we start them adding in simple foods? Yep. Can we start them adding on simple supplements? 
we need to go step by step mm. so and build it up it's not an immediate fix it's that long that three months of the egg health the sperm health getting everything to feel better yeah as well yeah and I guess that answers my next question because I was going to say, you know, look, reflexology itself can't be a panacea for infertility. It's got to be, well, maybe for some it is, but I was, you know, it's got to be this kind of multifactorial approach where you're looking at their lifestyle. If, you know, for example, if their lifestyle's really awful, like if you, if you, as you said, if they're chronically stressed, if their diet is really, really poor, um, then obviously just a lovely foot massage where you're working on those those meridians and pressure points probably is not going to cut it by itself no and and that's that's where um i've come into using more of the nutrition is because i recognize that actually we can affect sperm health and egg health we still need the sperm and egg to have all the nutrients it really needs that mm. um and while we can get the cycle back with the reflexology we still need that egg health that sperm health at, at the end of the day and i have to say yes i have done a few clients that have then emailed and said, had one or two sessions gone oh you're a miracle worker we're pregnant and i'm like oh, oh wow. well yes we just had you may have just had sex at the right time but i'll take it yeah I mean, that must be wonderful for you. But as you say, also, there's probably so much going on, so much more going on. I do have to remind them sometimes that they do have to have sex sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> At the right time of the cycle. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, even with something like sperm health, one thing I'm always telling my clients is that, you know, you need to turn over that sperm every three days and either that can be having sex and both partners involved or it can just involve the male partner uh, but that is really important because then you've got to stimulate the body to regenerate new sperm you can't just wait till that one day each month and think right I'm fertile let's give it a go exactly exactly so and and I I try not to add any more stress onto them on that one you know it, it is like well you know we've got to get you two got to get together and they go oh yes yes oh yes must remember to do that <laughs> as mm, well yeah yeah so one thing I found fascinating I think I was just over my no I was just it was just before my 20 week scan in my own pregnancy so we didn't know the sex of the baby yet and um I went to have a pregnancy massage with a lovely, lovely lady down in Cornwall called Janie, who I highly recommend. She's also a reflexologist. But I was having the pregnancy massage. <clears throat> and at the end of the session, I think because she loves doing this, she said, oh, do you want me to have a look at your feet and tell you if I think that you're having a girl or a boy? And I was like, OK, fine, whatever. Like, I don't, you know, you know, I was like, yes, go on, go ahead. Um, and she was totally correct and she based that I'm being very careful what I say because I haven't publicized online whether we're having a girl or a boy but she was basing that on the size of the placenta on my right foot versus my left foot so can we infer from that that we have a sort of male dominant foot and a female dominant foot and they look um and you know the organ systems on those feet are different or is she just some sort of psychic? Yeah. She's got a 50-50 chance there of getting it right. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> True. However, what I will say is you can actually uh, sometimes, not always, you can actually see the bump um, growing on a, a, a pair of feet as well. Really? Yeah. Up, where would you be looking? Up like, the where, side where? of the foot at the bottom. So, so the arch of the foot or the other um, side? The arch of the foot. And that's the spinal reflex up the side of the foot. And um, just above the heel, um, as baby grows, you don't see it in everybody, but as baby grows, you can sometimes see it appear on the feet. Um, I really and want it, to have a look at my feet now. And it, <laughs> and it depends which side the baby's lying sometimes, whether which side is more prominent than the other. Okay. Uh, because when we are... No, we don't reflexologists never induce at the end because that's a medical term so we we don't do that but we can help prime for um for labor basically helping the body relax and get ready for prep for birth and um you know it's the area that you rub and when you're working to give the baby energy and um yeah you can wake a baby up with that I actually had a lot of questions about just specifically this um, from people on Instagram. So I'll just jump into those now. So the main the main one that people are asking is, does reflexology help to trigger labor? And how, you know, how many times per week should you have reflexology if you're wanting to bring on labor? Um, bless. I think these women are obviously, you know, 40 weeks plus and, and desperate. Um, um, and in this heat. Yeah. <laughs> And in this heat, yeah. So, uh, and another question, um, I'm 19 weeks pregnant. How often should I be looking at sessions for nausea and insomnia, for example? So, yeah, let's let's talk about those two points. Okay. So, I want to clear up a myth first. Um, and that is that um, you can have reflexology from the very beginning of pregnancy. I use it for fertility. And then I will also carry on with anybody um right through their pregnancy so you don't have to stop uh, for the first uh three months or anything like that if you're having regular uh, reflexology and i didn't say that we also have protocols to work with you during ivf cycles as well um because there's certain things that we need to do and certain things we don't need to do through ivf cycles and those of us what? What would those what would those be, Karen? Sorry, just because I think that's a really interesting point. Um, so it depends. We work with the meds, not against the meds. Mm -hmm. So we're all trained to know what each meds, uh, IVF meds are, uh, what they do, whether we're uh, whether egg health, the eggs are being stimulated, uh, the follicles are being stimulated, or whether we're in the holding area. You know, between. Um, between collection and uh, transfer or afterwards. So we've got certain protocols that we use on all of those as well. Okay. Um, so, um, so yes, yeah, so because we will use reflexology all the way through, there isn't, the myth came from um, the, the fact that miscarriage is higher in the first trimester usually down to chromosomal abnormalities um so therefore or dna abnormalities therefore 
if people were going to have reflexology and they had a miscarriage, they would blame the reflexology. So that's yeah. where that myth came from. But as we know, actually, um, if someone has had miscarriages in the past and they can be very stressed, um, you know, it's a very traumatic time. And actually the reflexology can help calm somebody as well. Mm. And and that's going to be the same for anything that you do within that first trimester, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's just a stressful time and you know, you sort of want to if you're the if you're the kind of person that is going to be worried about that, it's almost better just in a sense to wait because if something did happen, you might blame yourself for doing something. And and that's an awful position to be in. So, you know, it's it's something to be aware of, but it's as you say, most miscarriages, as we know, are down to chromosomal abnormalities. Uh, a large majority can be down to um, undiagnosed thyroid um, yeah. issues. Yes, I've just had a. I've just been working with a fertility client, um, and that was the case for her. You know, we discovered that she has Hashimoto's. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, but um, that is. It's good to clear that up. That and as you say, you can just vary the pressure. You know, you don't have to. You're not sort of digging into people's feet with with hard pressure. It can just be super relaxing. Yes, and it's very gentle nurturing treatment at that point. You know, mm. um, and that's what for the nausea. You're kind of um, you're balancing some of the hormones out with the endocrine system. You may, if they're constipated, that makes nausea worse. Mm. So therefore, you're working to move the bowel around so that they can actually have a comfortable stool rather than a constipated stool. Again, yeah. that's at the other end as well, um, at the end, end of pregnancy as well. SPD, hip pain, back pain can all be helped with reflexology as well. Mm. Um, so... How often do you go to a reflexologist? You almost follow the same sort of um, pattern as you would for your midwife. So you go once a month. Of course, if you wanted it every day, you could have it every day. But, you know, that's a bit excessive for uh, money wise. But um, usually it's once a month. And then as you get towards your due date, then you will get it to every two weeks to weekly yeah. to up to your due date then um you would be maybe two or three times that week before your due date yeah can we bring on on labor well actually it's the baby that says when it's ready when its lungs are ready yeah and that's what triggers labor we can get you nicely and mum nicely relaxed um and sometimes, yes, it just so happens the baby is ready and we can assist, it will assist. And we yeah. use some acupressure points for that. But yeah, it again, it's 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 mixed results. Yeah, you're so right. It's the baby that will decide. Um, I'm thinking of yeah. booking a session uh, for the, the evening before my C-section, just just from a relaxation point of view, I think. Um, yeah. Be really, really nice. Yeah. Um, not with you, though, Karen, unfortunately, because we live at the other ends of the country from each other. <laughs> we could get a bit further away if I was up in uh, Thurzo, but uh, <laughs> or John O'Groats. But um, yeah, we're 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 a few hundred miles away. But 
But actually, the good thing about the fertility reflexology over the pandemic, we actually learned how to do it on the hands as well. So I can be virtual as well now. Amazing. So So you can actually talk people through because one of the questions I had on Instagram was, is there anything we can do on our own? Like, are there places that we can, um, you know, for example, this question specifically um, about in labour. So this person's thinking, when I go into labour, is there anything I can do? I mean, my gut feeling is that she's probably not going to be thinking about massaging her own feet at this stage because there'll be a lot going on. (laughs) But um, is there anything we can do maybe pre-labour to either relax or there are certain points on the feet that you could tell us about that we could gently massage? That's a difficult one to say because everybody's an individual. Mm. So that's giving specific advice without knowing someone's medical background. And ultimately, you have to have that before that sort of advice can be given out. Very sensible. Um, So um, because there are certain conditions uh, like placenta previa that you wouldn't uh, want to stimulate anywhere near. a uterus at the end of pregnancy. Okay, so um, I sh- so I personally shouldn't just go like rubbing my feet willy nilly just in case I do anything <laughs> bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's the the debate is that you know if if you can't rub your feet, um, you know you can't walk over stones and things like that because they're all using your uh, mm. your points. Um, however, it's when you use something with intention. Yeah. That, okay. You know, you need to be slightly more careful. The other one is if someone's got um, blood clots or deep vein thrombosis, you know, you're 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 ruled out from reflexology at that point until okay. someone is stable. Okay. Because you do not want to move anything like that. So, mm. you know, you know, it, you, really, the time to have reflexology is about for, to start reflexology is about four weeks if you've never had it before it's four weeks before the birth let your reflexologist get to know you don't book in because you're overdue yeah. or or um you're wanting the labor to come on because actually your reflexologist doesn't know you at that point mm. so that's really good advice you know uh, they need to do a full history to um to know who, that it's safe to do yeah reflexology on you yeah maybe I'll just have a pregnancy massage then the night before because I've been loving those in pregnancy and I fell asleep in the last one which was wonderful and um it's not you know it's it's not a massage in the sense of uh any sort of pressure it's just like smoothie smoothie lots of oils which is really nice so when might you introduce um because this is on on the on my mind actually and I posted about it yesterday on Instagram had quite a lot of responses um a good family friend of mine um is a homeopath she was a GP for sort of 20 years became completely disillusioned with it and has been a homeopath for I think longer than she was ever a practicing doctor and has um sent me a wonderful little um homeopathic kit from the Helios pharmacy which has just got all these fabulous yeah it's apparently a really nice one to have and I was reading through it yesterday and she's also sent me a few specific things that she would like me to take you know based on the fact that I'm having a c-section things like that so when would you introduce homeopathy with someone that you were working with and 
how yeah how how would you do that what's the mechanism behind uh, behind that would you choose because obviously as a nutritional therapist much 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 like myself you've got all the nutraceuticals at your fingertips and you can put supplements in and things like that um but when would you choose homeopathy over you know supplements for example um that it it all depends on the on the client um and and what they're presenting with often i'll use the homeopathy for acute things um so that morning sickness okay um or um hay fever because they can't take anything else um because you can't yeah, take that an- was me if last month can't take antihistamines but you can use the homeopathic remedies for hay fever um or if you know if they hurt themselves the arnica for bruising things like that so it's that other way of of turning it around of using the homeopathy for acute things um you can use it for like um PCOS um some people find it really successful others don't um mm. I have heard that with homeopathy, that it can be amazing for some people, but for other people, it's just a load of nonsense and it does it does nothing. And some of my clients don't want it. Mm. So they're coming to me because I'm a reflexologist and nutritional therapist, not because of the homeopathy. So, you know, I'm careful with that one. Uh, I'm careful with what my clients want. Yeah. You know, it's individual care, individualized personal care. So personalized care. So therefore it's, it's it's a a backwards and forwards well what will you accept what would you want to do what can you do ah I've got Mm -hmm. this remedy for that would you like to try it oh yeah okay so Mm. there's there's different ways of using it that way as well I think most most people have probably heard of Arnica because it's because it's it's gone super mainstream it's like the famous one in the home in the homeopathy uh world but is there anything else postpartum that women can use to help healing apart from arnica in a kind of homeopath or any any sense really like could you be using reflexology at that time what would you be looking at nutritional therapy wise diet wise yeah um reflexology is safe postpartum often we say just bring the baby along the baby can have a session as well and when we say session on a baby we meet a couple of minutes you know to help settle uh, and welcome into the new world um nutritionally wise again you know your broths and eating well again if you've stored up some in the freezer your your nice nutritious meals in the freezer so it's easy um again depends on the situation if you've got a partner can they cook can they make something nourishing for you can they save some for the next day so you've got a nourishing lunch because you don't have time with a newborn if you haven't worked out that grace yet sorry Uh (laughs) i've got i've got a very full i've got a very full freezer and a very willing mother coming to help me (laughs) oh that's good you see that's the sort of thing that you need yeah, because you you know you often forget to to eat. Um, you're the last one on the list to eat and get showered. That's so. I mean, I I've I'm not someone that has ever like I'm obsessed with food. I have never forgotten to eat. So if that if I genuinely do, I'm going to find that totally fascinating. Yeah, yeah, because you're no longer number one. The baby is number one. Yeah, and yeah. it's really and, and it is nourishing 
the body and the mother because if you're breastfeeding and even if you're not breastfeeding you are still putting that interactive uh you've got to interact with this little one because their brain is divide is is growing and multiplying and the brain cells are growing and multiplying so quickly at this stage mm. that actually you need to be on the ball most of the time and with sleep deprivation you know that's where you know sometimes you, your mood can drop because your hormones have dropped and things like that you then not eating or drinking um plenty of fluids then you can feel a bit ropey so yeah. and sometimes it is just making sure you've balanced your blood sugars and i don't mean that yes. in a complex way i mean just eating some food yeah totally and drinking and drinking and regular regular food to balance blood sugar i mean i think blood sugar for me has been something that i know we're going off on a tangent here but we can roll with it has been something that has made my pregnancy really smooth from the point of view of feeling quite well most of the time like I know that I've prioritized blood sugar and that's not me being a sort of Nazi about carbohydrate consumption because oh my gosh yes I've over consumed bread and and pasta like everyone else but because of the knowledge that I do have I've been really careful about for example what I've had for breakfast each day and I'm always cautious to add protein and fat to whatever I'm having and I can't think of a time, I can't think that postpartum would be any different because surely that's when you really want to try and have consistent energy. And I got really cross in my pregnancy yoga class the other day. I didn't get cross. I just stuck my hand up and said, can I add something? Because our wonderful teacher, and she is wonderful, um, made made a funny comment. And I think, you know, she was she was joking more than anything that all you need postpartum is coffee and cake because your breast milk is made of fat and sugar. And I stuck my hand up and I was like, I'm a trained nutritionist. Please don't forget to eat protein. Because I, you know, the, the rest of the women in the class, I was like, I need you to know that actually you need more than cake at, at this stage. You need to be repairing tissue. You need to be getting like very nutrient dense foods in there to help your body and you need to be having stable blood sugar um so i was like okay everyone please remember to like i don't know eat an egg or something and the other thing you really don't want whether you've had a section or a vaginal birth is constipation yeah totally because that first one is like a brick or can be (laughs) or can be Actually, someone said to me on Instagram the other day, who's also had a C-section, they said, don't let them let you leave hospital without a prescription for laxatives. And I was like, oh, gosh, great. Um, But fingers crossed it won't come to that. Just drink plenty of fluids because that's, you know, don't get yourself constipated. Yeah. Um, And small meals and often, especially when you've had a C-section. And always if you're breastfeeding and even if you're bottle feeding, you know, the good thing is, is, is to have that glass of water there that you're going to drink that mm-hmm. water while you're breastfeeding, while you're feeding, that um, to rehydrate yourself. Yeah. So if the baby feeds, you feed. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. drink because then you maintain some fluids in there. Mm. Totally. Yeah. And who knows when you're next going to have time to go and get a glass of water with everything that's going on. Or go for a pee. Um, or go for a pee, yeah. All these joys to come. So I had another question. Can reflexology help with swelling? So if, if you're suffering really badly from swollen ankles, swollen feet, 
or any any swelling in the body during pregnancy, um, firstly, what would that be down to? Um, and secondly, would you be using reflexology to treat that? Right. Okay. So first of all, um, it depends when you're swelling up. So if it's at the end of the day and you're 40 weeks, we'd expect that, you know, 39, 40 weeks. If you're swelling up and you're 30 weeks, then, you know, we're lo- always on the lookout for preeclampsia. Um, in this, if it's really hot, then a pregnant ladies will swell. It's just the body can't cope. The kidneys can't cope with the amount of fluids that are going around and the extra um, energy required when it's hot as well. Mm. Um, so that's why you get and the extra the extra energy it takes to grow a little person and the extra weight that you're carrying for that little person because you're not just carrying your little person you're carrying the placenta you're carrying the fluids there's quite a lot there um the placenta is also huge yeah like it's really it can be really big plate size yeah and we're not talking a small Mental. dinner plate. We're talking a big dinner plate. Yeah. Yeah. And thicker than a dinner plate. So, yeah. So, you know, you're carrying quite a bit of weight there. And the where the pressure is, you know, it's blocking smooth circulation to the legs. Your lymph is a bit more sluggish because you've got the, mm. rela- the relaxing hormone that just allows things to be just, well, you know, not as tight as it used to be. If you don't have that hormone, you ain't getting the baby out. <laughs> so would you suggest um, something like dry body brushing is useful in pregnancy to help support lymph flow? Can be, can be. Just don't overdo it. But um, yes, we can use um, lymph drainage. Um, we can use reflex lymph drainage for helping with um, end of pregnancy fluid retention. Mm-hmm. Um and there, there is now one that is called reflex lymph drainage, and that really does work. Amazing. I use it on. I actually use it on all my clients because it's an anti-inflammatory. Yeah, and just supports well. those detox pathways. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I have seen feet go down um, after I've used it on pregnant ladies mm. and others that then suffer, like menopausal women that suffer. Um, with swelling um then i've seen it go down on them as well amazing so. okay so the the resounding answer to that question is yes yes uh, obviously the, the the your reflexologist will check that everything is okay and that if you are worried about preeclampsia you have seen your midwife first mm, yeah definitely um okay karen anything else from your side i feel like we've done quite a nice overview of what reflexology is why you might use it when you might use it um any other like key points from you that you want to raise and where can people get in touch with you if they are either thinking about seeing you virtually or if they live anywhere near where you live yeah (laughs) so as i said i'm in midlothian um just outside edinburgh um but i i can do virtual uh, and I'm at moonbeamtherapies.co.uk and you can follow me on Insta, Facebook, Amazing. TikTok. Presumi- 
Are you on TikTok? I have just started on TikTok. Oh my gosh, well done. I, I'm never I'm never going on TikTok. Um, so presumably the nutritional therapy side of things, which as listeners will be, they will know what that is in terms of a fertility perspective. And we had Sandra on the other day, who's both of our mentors in that area, talking about, you know, testing and fun things like vaginal swabs and all of that and you know you do that too presumably that is something you can do virtually with people if they were interested yes yes absolutely brilliant okay so it's a full it's a full fertility package yes they have still to go on my website working on it you're gonna have to teach me what you're gonna have to teach me where to massage my hand now I'm really (laughs) I really want to know (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, Karen, if there's nothing else that you want to add, this has been really fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're very welcome. It's been great to speak to you, Grace. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you so much again for tuning into State of Mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Karen. Do come and find us both over on Instagram if you have any further questions. And I will chat to you all again very soon. Bye bye.